Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering Indiana high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to this week's edition of Checking It from the Cheap Seats. We will be joined this week by Hall of Famer, state champion coach, and Indiana's all-time winningest coach, number of victories, the one, the only, J.R. Holmes of Bloomington South. We appreciate all of our sponsors. We appreciate you. Make sure that you tag us, like us, wherever you get your podcasts. And we hope you enjoy this week's edition of Checking It From the Cheap Seats with Coach J.R. Holmes. Checking It From the Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K Series guns proven by time and again by the nation's top school and college coaches slash programs. For special pricing discounts, contact Bruce Helt at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, shooting camps, we improve performance, period. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players making it one of the largest independent basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 Team Camps has hosted more sectional championship teams, Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp, shootout, or summer tournament. D1 team camps provide the best chance for a school's coach to work with all their teams against top flight competition from throughout the Midwest. Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812 812- 204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com All right, this week uh, on the Checking from the Cheap Seats podcast, we've got head coach from the Bullington South Panthers, J.R. Holmes, Indiana's all-time winningest coach. Coach, good morning and, and thanks for being on with us. Well, good morning to you. It's a little chilly on bus duty, but we got that out of the way for the day, so I'm in good shape. I'll I tell you what I love about that, Coach, is you, you were telling me that you had bus duty, and I thought, here this guy is. He's all-time winning as coach. He's AD and head coach at Bloomington South. He's still got to go out there and do bus duty. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I had bus duty the Monday after we won the state championship in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> you, had to, you had to be right back out there to work, right? No. Yeah, they, they didn't. They just, that was over with by Sunday afternoon, you know, on to the next day. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Coach, uh, we always get started by giving everybody a two-minute bio, and just about everybody in the state of Indiana knows who you are. But, but tell us, 
kind of how you got to where you're at today uh, from your, your first days there at Tunnelton all the way to south now? Well, uh, I started out and uh, wanted to be a coach because I sort of idolized my high school coach. And uh, I always thought, you know, that he was a, he always was uh, married to a very pretty woman and he had keys to the gym and he had his summers off. And I thought that would be a heck of a gig. So <laughs> I sort of got into coaching and uh, I got a good looking wife, but I only got one key because I got a master key now. And uh, the summers off didn't work out too well. He tried to work in the summer with driver's ed or construction or something, but it's uh, turned out to be a pretty good profession for me. And uh, I got into coaching um, at Tunnelton High School uh, right out of college. I went to uh, I went a fifth year at college to get a, on a graduate assistantship to help coach the freshman basketball team at Indiana State University. And then the next year, the Tonton job opened up, and they needed a math teacher too. Mm-hmm. So I had a math degree, and, and I was young, only 23, and I was fortunate to get an opportunity to be a head coach right off the bat. Uh, great two years at Tonton. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, you know, everybody there was, uh, like any small school, it was the – highlight of the weekend when the team played. Everybody shut down and came to the games, and uh, you could have robbed the whole town of Tonton. Nobody would have known it during game time. Uh-huh. But uh, then, you know, I had a chance to move on to Mitchell. Uh, I uh, knew that the Tonton was going to consolidate eventually into Bedford North Lawrence, and so interviewed and got the job at Mitchell, and I was there for 10 years, and, and, and I enjoyed it. Uh, we had some really good teams, and we had some uh, mediocre teams, but uh, – it was another smaller community, five or 600 students in high school. And uh, I always tell people if I had known they was going to get a McDonald's and a Wendy's, I'd have probably stayed at Mitchell uh, <laughs> all those years. But then I got, uh, I don't know if you call it greedy or not, I got a chance to interview for the Bloomington South job and um, was fortunate enough to get that because Sam Alford turned it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year it was open, Steve was going to be a senior at Newcastle. Yeah. And so he wanted to stay at Newcastle one more year. And so I was the next choice. And so I got it and haven't given it up. Been here since 1982 or three, wherever that was, mm-hmm. uh, coaching the Panthers. So it's been a, it's been a very uh, profitable, very proof, uh, positive, fruitful situation. Uh, kids graduated from a good school and uh, went on to college. And uh, I was told by uh, – one of the great football running backs at IU, Terry Cole, mm-hmm. which I knew from Mitchell. He said, well, you can't win at Bloomington South. That's a football school, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that, that sort of put a little more of a challenge into me. So we've tried to be able to compete with the football team from the standpoint of has, having success and uh, have held our own pretty well. Yeah, you, you've done a done a heck of a job, to say the least. You know, Coach, you, you talked about your, your family a little bit, talked about your wife and, and kids. Um your son, John, I, I played against him in high school, grew up playing against John, always had a lot of respect for him. But what was that like for you coaching him uh, in high school? Uh, two or three things. One, I almost didn't coach him. I looked and, uh, I thought about uh, – I interviewed and got the Seymour job mm-hmm. uh, and then turned it down because I thought because you're in a school here with two schools in the same town, it's always difficult. Yeah when both schools are always arguing about players and mm-hmm. everything else, the school gets that and that school gets that. So I almost left when he was going to be a freshman. I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then when he's coming in as a freshman, I went and talked to uh, three or four coaches. Uh, Tim Wolf had coached his son. Sam had coached his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who else. Uh, three of them I talked to, and they all three said the same thing. If you don't coach him, you'll be in the stands criticizing the guy who is coaching him. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just coach him and take it, you know. So yeah. I tried to do it, and it was uh, 
very great experience for us because I told him, I said, you only got one rule. You've got to work harder than anybody else because you're going to be under the microscope more than anybody else being the coach's son. Mm-hmm. And so he was fortunate enough to start as a freshman here at Bloomington South because our point guard the year before uh, moved away. Mm-hmm. His dad was the football coach at Ball State, Bill Lynch. And uh, so he was able to move in because he had no other point guard and play as a freshman. Got criticized a bunch, you know, for playing your son as a freshman over some older kids. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, he had the shot to upset Bedford and win the sectional. And I, I was getting criticized, so I didn't play him enough. You know, <laughs> should have been playing him more. So uh, you can't win. You know, the only the only part problem I really had with John playing was his mother. Uh, she was a. Uh, she would wait for me after every game to know uh, how come he didn't get more time or how come you smacked him harder on the butt you did anybody else or no she didn't know crap from Shiola until she uh, got a son playing and she's trying to figure out what a ball screen was and a mm-hmm. blocking charge and yeah. but it was a it was a it was overall a really good experience yeah you know I, I talked to a lot of coaches that have coached their son and everybody talks about how it's really a no-win situation for you. It's a no-win situation for your son, but it's probably the most rewarding thing that, that they've done in coaching. So I know that was good. John's at Elon now. Um, he's at he Elon University, yeah. That was great. Uh, he's been, I think he's his third year coming up, and uh, mm-hmm. they won their last seven games last year after during the COVID go with the championship game of the conference, which they'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. And they have everybody back, so it, uh, so they're excited about the year. Yeah, you know, uh, I was at the top 100 and and was coaching with Scott McClellan, a couple other guys in top 100, and and had the opportunity to go up, sit with John, and talk to him for about 15 minutes. And really good to see him recruiting Indiana kids, which you know there was no doubt that he was going to do that. But um, yeah, he he said uh, he gave you a little bit of a hard time because he he said that you guys were going to go out for dinner, but he, he said uh, you you said. Uh, Something like, what in the heck are you doing in town or whatever? And he said he was recruiting, and, and uh, you, you made some time to come up and have dinner with him, but he was giving you a little bit of a hard time there. Oh, yeah. I uh, drove up. I sat, sat with him and watched a couple of games and ended up being uh, – some of the kids on the, are on the floor where the kids were going to play against this year, and I got scared, so I said, let's go eat. I didn't want to watch them anymore. They were good. They were scaring me how good they're going to be. Some of those guys are. So, yeah, you don't get don't get a chance very often. Uh, he does do Indiana, Chicago, the Midwest, and also up in New England. Mm-hmm. And uh, he still enjoys that. You know, he likes to get out and and uh, he enjoys uh, going to different places. And uh, uh, you know, he's driven Chicago and all those crazy towns with uh, yeah. all the traffic and everything. He seems to know what he's doing. And uh, and you know, he's been very successful getting recruits out of Chicago and Indiana to go down to. Uh, at William and Mary, and now at Elon, maybe. Yeah, you know, Coach, you talked about how you, your advice to John was he had to be the hardest working guy on the floor in practice and in games, and without a doubt, you know, I I actually told my college coach this, Mike Bites at Hanover. I told him, I said, he said, who was the best player you ever played against in high school? And this is not just because we're talking on the podcast, but I told him, I said, Brody Boyd was a really good player. You know, obviously played against some really talented guys in AAU, but. I said, John, John Holmes was the hardest working kid and the smartest kid that I had to play against in high school. And uh, obviously for him, get that opportunity to go play at UNC and then now having success as a college assistant, uh, that's no surprise to me. So, well, Coach, um, well, I, go ahead. I think really on the coaching your son, I think there's two things. One, he's got to be the hardest worker or one of the best players on the team. Mm-hmm. Or he has to be the worst player on the team. Mm-hmm. 
he can be the be on the team all right, but he if he's the worst player, you know you don't have to play him too much. Yeah. Or he's the best player. You can't those in between players is what gets a lot of criticism from parents of uh, players who don't get to play some. Absolutely. Well, coach, we talked about early here uh, in the conversation how you are the all-time winningest coach in the state of Indiana, and congratulations for that accomplishment. But what does that mean to you when when people say that and they introduce you as the all-time winningest coach? What 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 do you think about? Oh, I tell you, it's really hard. I think most of the time, I think old age. <laughs> you know, I put so, so many years. You put so many years in, and we've been fortunate over the last 24, 25 years uh, to win a lot of ball games, which kept makes it more positive to stay in the profession. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I really started out to coach about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I'd go. I'd coach four or five years. I was wasn't married and had a Corvette, and I was driving around, you know, and mm-hmm. going back to college things on some weekends. And I was going to coach for five years and have a good time, and 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 then get use my math degree and get into a business and get rich. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out. That didn't work out too good. <laughs> for the next five years, turned to ten, ten to fifteen to twenty, and then next thing you know, I'm up here at fifty some years of coaching, and mm-hmm. you just don't. I just sat back and I said, well, where did it go to? You know all this time and all these teams and all these games, it just seems like a flash, you know, that here we are at, at the end of your last 20 or 30 years of your life for the first 20 years of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to think that uh, that a boy from Avoca on Goose Creek could have that record and took it away from a boy from Ligoti who had the record before. So small schools worked out a little bit, you know, for us. But uh, yes. I, it's just a, it's a, just a tribute to, to – um, my assistant coaches, a tribute to uh, – we've had a lot of really good players. You know, we haven't had really had NBA players, mm-hmm. but we've had some good high school players that went on to play. Mm-hmm. A few of them played really well in college. Uh, but we've had a lot of really good high school players. And a lot of smart that, uh, players. A lot of smart players. Smart players, and they bought into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I've been fortunate enough through my career that the two or three bad teams we've had over the years, I didn't get fired the next year, so we, I survived those. Mm-hmm. And uh, – come to a town like Bloomington, basically, to be honest with you, when I first came here, they didn't really care as much. The school board didn't care about sports too much, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and if you're at Mitchell or Tunnelton or some smaller school, if you get somebody mad at you, somebody really going after you, mm-hmm. they run for the school board to try to get you fired. Yeah, yeah. Here in Bloomington, if somebody gets mad at you and their kid graduates, they go to, they're, they're going on to IU as fans. Yeah, they're out of the high school yeah. scene, you know. So you don't have a lot of older fans. You have some mm-hmm. really low, but most of the time it's a who's ever kids are in school. Those are the fans we have here at Bloomington. We don't have the big long traditional list of people that's been here forever. You know, Coach, um, you talked about assistants that you've had, and you have had a glutton of really good assistants, guys that have went on to be head coaches. Now you got guys like Simpson. Coyle that have, that have come back and, and have been head coaches. Now they're back helping you. You've had a lot of really good assistants over the years. You just touch on those guys real quick about how important they've been to your success. Oh, I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, that, uh, first of all, I, I get being in a college town, we get requests all the time for kids to come want to help out. Everybody wants to help out, you know, the program. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit leery from the standpoint is I don't mind helping out, but I hate to see, assistant coaches standing on the sideline doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I have assistants, I want them to be a part. I want them to feel a part of uh, what we're doing. And 
you know, Chris Myers was here with me forever and ever. You know, he went on to win a state at Warren Central. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, that, to your comment, I was watching the other day the uh, 2011 semi-state when we upset North Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had all those guys were going on. And we had a good team, but they were big-time favorites. Mm-hmm. And there was a timeout. And, I, and the, my VCR just stopped there, you know, and there was uh, Matt Seifers, who was a head coach at Bedford. Mm-hmm. There was uh, – Simpson, who went to Southport. There was Heath, who's at North Posey, and then or up, up to Memorial now. Yeah. There's uh, uh, Chris Chris Byers, who went to Warren Central and Martinsville and Franklin Central, and there was uh, Aaron Parker, who was my JV coach, who has turned down a head jobs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've had a lot of guys who obviously are good, or they wouldn't be head coaches later on, you know. Yes. And uh, that's really, really uh, um, been very helpful for me, especially here later in my coaching career when I'm the athletic director and we got, you know, 21 sports and everything else that we're in charge of and uh, dance and cheerleaders and anybody doesn't have soccer. Don't know what it's like to have soccer t- yeah. problems, but uh, uh, my assistants do a lot, a, yes. a big time, a lot. Well, and, you know, and, um, and not only do they help you out on the court and help you with your fall workouts and stuff like that, but those guys are a lot of times your assistant ADs there, aren't they? Yes. Uh, Neil is. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Larry Winters used to be one of my assistants. He's a girls' coach now, and he's assistant here also. But mm-hmm. that, that's that's big. And I like uh, less well, it's like Neil uh, when he came here, you know. And then we had some conversations about him just taking over the defense. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I want to give it to you completely or almost completely. Mm-hmm. And you know, you run it, you set the drills up, you do it, and you know, I'm going to let you do it. I concentrate on the offense. And he says, "What do you mean completely?" And I said, well, I said, I'm going to give you 98% control of the mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. And he said, who's got the other two? And I said, I do, and my 2% overrules your 98 <laughs> to get down to it. <laughs> That's good. But he's been great. He's Our defense the last four or five since he's done this has been the low 40s. We've, you know, and There's a difference if your defense is 40 and you're only scoring 42 or 3. Mm-hmm. That means you're holding the ball a little bit. We're, exactly. we're giving up 40 and still scoring 60. So, you know, you're doing some defensive work on the end mm-hmm. of the, at, at court. So, no, assistant coaches have been great, valuable. Uh, they break down the film for me and give me a highlight of the scout. So I don't watch a whole lot of film. Mm-hmm. And compared to a lot of head coaches or any coaches, they watch a lot and – they break it down and bring me a little bit of a highlight of what the team's going to see. You know, mm-hmm. I'm old fashioned. I'd rather go on, go watch you play once live mm-hmm. and watch two or three films of you. Yeah, I that... seem like I get a better feel live than I do watching the tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those guys can be, uh, can be a huge help in that area. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, that scouting component of coaching here in just a little bit. Coach, you, you talked about, you know, coaching at Tunnelton, coaching at Mitchell. And one of the things I've always really respected about you is, like, if this year I'm looking at your schedule right now and I see, obviously, all your conference teams, but then out of conference, I mean, you play a bear of a schedule. You're playing Floyd Central. Um, you know, you're, you obviously play Martinsville in that rivalry game, but you go to Castle. You go down and play some of those Evansville schools. You're playing Central. Um, Jennings County, Northview out of conference. But traditionally – You've always played a couple small schools. Whenever I was in high school, you guys played Bloomfield. You're, you're still playing Bloomfield. Um, you picked us up here for a couple years. Why do you do that? You don't have to do that. Um, what makes it attractive for you to do that and play small schools? Well, it's a no-win situation if you worry mm-hmm. about winning or losing mm-hmm. for me. 
and I was at a small school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was at Tunnelton, we picked up university here in Bloomington. We tried to play some bigger schools. When I was at Mitchell, we got Bloomington North and Bloomington South uh-huh. and played them. I think it helps your team a little bit when you're a small school to play a bigger school. Yeah. Now, a lot of bigger schools won't play the small schools because they're afraid they might get beat. Yeah, that's what and I was kind of getting yeah, that's one advantage of being 50-some years and technically already have the record. Mm-hmm. One more loss. You know, people don't understand. I've got – I may have as many losses than anybody in the state in history, too. Mm-hmm. So one more loss is not going to uh, blemish my record that much. And I always think where I got started and what I wanted to get done, schools wouldn't play us. Mm-hmm. And so I try to give some – I know we play Eastern Green. We picked you guys up. But you're sort of a powerhouse small school more than some of the others. But uh, uh, we played uh, – you said Bloomfield, we played a lot. Eastern Green, we played a lot. I brought some of my assistants back from uh, Wisconsin, played him. He wanted to come down and play a game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just think it's part of, to me, the coaching fraternity to give those, not give you a chance to beat us necessarily, but give a chance to play a, a different brand maybe or a bigger school mm-hmm. that, that uh, you know, even like last year uh, in our game with you guys, you know, we had three starters not there, mm-hmm. but we were able to compete because we just have a few more total players maybe down the line yes yes than the small schools mm-hmm. could didn't win but we had a chance to even compete without three of our starters but uh i just think it's for me it's the right thing for small schools to, for me to do that for where i came from i came from a school of 94 kids yeah Tunnelton. that's all we had so well try and, to give back a little bit and the way and i, I appreciate that and, and we've appreciated obviously having the opportunity to play you guys um I know that's going to be a bear of a game for us this year, but it's going to be a good thing for us. But the thing that, mm-hmm. that I've always felt being a, a small school guy, and like you said, you, you really kind of started out as a small school guy. Um, w- when you get an opportunity to play those big schools, obviously you're going to put your best foot forward. You're going, sometimes you're going to try to yeah. shorten the game up a little bit. And, and one of the things I think from the, the flip side of that is when you get in the tournament, possessions are a premium. So whether you're a big school or you're a small school, uh, tournament basketball is sometimes a little different than the regular season, and I think that's good for both teams to to be in situations and be in games like that where where things can be really tight down the stretch. But like you said, for for big schools like you guys, and then last year we went up and played Ryan's guys at Carmel. I mean, that, that's a no win situation for Bloomington South for Carmel, and I just appreciate you guys uh, being willing to play small schools because I think that's one of the things that class basketball has hurt even more so than what it did before. Because now there's really a, not a whole lot of benefit for a Bloomington South to play a Bar Reeve, other than it's just a good game right. for both teams. Um, going to that, Coach. Well, as an athletic director, I look at it too. It's a money game because you guys have a good following. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to have uh, some buggies on I-69 coming to Bloomington here in December. So. I'd, I'd like to get a caravan of those coming <laughs> up through there. That'd be nice. Um, but I'll tell you, that, you know, I got so much static when I was here playing Bloomfield mm-hmm. when. Um, Ron was there and Steve was there and mm-hmm. they would always hold the ball, mm-hmm. you know, and try to shorten the game, like you're saying. Yeah. And I said, well, you, I, said, I kept telling people, you got to learn how to play against that. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, we got in the sectional back when uh, even 209, 210, 208, uh, Bloomington North held the ball every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried to make the game 25 to 24. Yeah. Because they couldn't compete talent wise. Yeah. And so I think it's good when you play some schools to at least get involved in the environment. At the time, I hate it when you're sitting there worried about every possession, you know, down yeah. the wire. Yeah. But, it, but I think in the long run, like you said, it does help both teams. Mm-hmm. And it helps us too as a bigger school because you're going to get that slowdown game thrown at you sometimes. Well, the, the other thing is, I think it peaks the, the just 
regular everyday fans interest throughout the state or in certain parts of the state like you know when when we played you guys last year even though um you know it was covid and limited attendance and all that kind of stuff i know that was a, a big game that a lot of people were talking about and not just in our community and i had a lot of coaches reach out to me um after we got you guys on the schedule and carmel on the schedule last year uh i think that that indiana high school basketball fans love to see games like that well no matter who wins or loses i like i think they like to see matchups like that yeah and and that kind of leads me into my next question obviously most of your career um but i mean obviously the last 25 years we've been in the class system what's your take and and kind of your opinion on on the evolution of the tournament and how different things are from the way they used to be well i'm sure that everybody at Wendell state at 1a 2a 3a doesn't want to give them back mm-hmm. you know you work on that mm-hmm. my personal preference if I because I've been at a small school and I just cherish the chance to play the big schools in the tournament yeah and to beat them and you don't get that anymore for 4a schools uh, basically your sectionals is the regional level the old days mm-hmm. you know you, you know when I was at when I was at um, Bloomington here at the beginning we were down at Bedford you know you had an Eastern Green or a Mitchell or somebody that you could play in the sectional you were going to win most of the time mm-hmm you don't have it anymore now, but you got a codlock win because they're all 4A schools. Mm-hmm. And so that's more like the 4A sectionals is more like the old regional time. Yeah. If I had my preference, and, I, and again, I haven't I've thought about it a little bit, is that I think we ought to have class basketball all the way through the semi-state. Mm-hmm. Because I would like to, you know, when I was at Pendleton, it would have been nice to win a sectional or a Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd like to get down to the – the four winners, or even that uh, regional winner, bring eight or eight or sixteen in for a state, big state tournament, mm-hmm. like Kentucky does, and yeah. come back with still one champion. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was still much Mitchell and Tonton, my thoughts on that might be different. Mm-hmm. But I just think that I like the one champion, and I thought there was a little, just a little more, a little more um, enthusiasm, fan following in the old way than it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree, and. I, I would be very much in favor of that that format. Now I don't know whether or not we would ever get back to that, or that the IHSA would consider yeah. that. Um, but I do know from a money standpoint, um, you know, the revenue has has been down over the last couple of years. But obviously, society oh, yeah. has changed. You know, there's a lot more things for people to do uh, out there uh, today than than going to the tournament. But it's still a special thing, regardless. Well, you know, the thing I always remember is when we were when I was in high school, we were fortunate enough to win the sectional. The only time that need more ever won one you know and that was a celebration that was fire trucks fire big bonfires dinners every night the whole week before the regional you know yeah it was the once in a lifetime we won the sectional my first sectional here at bloomington and there wasn't one person at the gym yeah. <laughs> we drove back got the cars went home you know <laughs> my because my mom and dad would say what where, where's the celebration going to be and i said they don't do that in bloomington you know yeah now if we have one for the sim state or state they'll you know, get a little more fired up yeah but yeah so anyway, it's, it's. I think the more intermingling of small schools, big schools, gives a better fan base, better mm-hmm. more people coming. Oh, I agree. I'd love to see us be able to do a tournament like that, but I don't know that it'll happen. Well, Coach, you know, no, I don't think so. Yeah, there's too many. There's too been been too much success for the schools who would have probably never won a state, or mm-hmm. you know, because getting a sectional, getting a regional, getting a semi-state. Yeah. Uh, is, is a big deal. Well, and I understand and, that. And, you know, you look at the success that our program has had here at Bar Eve since class yeah. sports, and it's hard to 
it's hard to argue against it. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah. but, uh, the, you know, the, the thing that, that I wanted to touch on now, coach was you, you've coached all these years. Um, you know, you're going into your 52nd year, which is incredible. Um, like you said, you, you started out, you were going to coach for five years and, and now here you are <laughs> 52 years later, but what would, maybe I meant, maybe I meant 55 instead of five. I don't know. <laughs> so what would, J.R. Holmes, with 52 years of experience, what would the best piece of advice be to J.R. Holmes coming out of Indiana State and taking that that job at uh, Tunnelton? Find another profession. (laughs) 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 Teaching and coaching in high school, I think, is really, really getting harder. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have so much interference anymore from parents and boards and mm-hmm. everybody think everybody watches the games a critic but i think the biggest thing that i try to do and i would tell somebody is make sure that you're fair with everyone you're honest with every kid mm-hmm. and make sure that you take care of the small things mm-hmm. whether it's hanging up your socks after practice or putting your shoes in your locker or shooting your free throws with pressure you know don't take for granted the small things because I think that's what wins ball games for you yes. because it gets uh, kids thinking the right facts. Thing. You know, my offense now is different than what it was 50 years ago. My defense is different a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do, uh, you know, we don't, we're not colleges where you get to pick your 12 guys and this, we're going to play man to man. Don't come out or high water. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to zone some, we have to trick defense some, we have to press to some, you know, mm-hmm. with because you have to deal with what the kids you have at that particular time. And so I think as a coach, you need to, sometimes I think you need to adapt to the players more than the players need to adapt to you. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I just try to make sure that we're honest. I mean, I, uh, I find it really, 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 really hard now for me to cut kids. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was younger, coming out <laughs> younger and didn't have any worries and didn't, didn't bother me, you mm-hmm. know, because that's why, that's why everybody did it. Yeah. Here's a list. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You come back tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, and then now I kids are sitting there looking in your eyes and crying and yeah. it just, it's, it's, it's really, I'll tell you what, it's really, really hard on me. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm, I, that, that's a thing that I don't know that any coach enjoys that part of the process early, early in the season. But you, coach, yeah, you talk- a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of teams don't get to do that. See, a lot of teams don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Football never cuts, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, cross country tracks don't cut. Swimming don't cut. Wrestling don't. You know, all these sports, soccer's don't cut hardly. Yeah. You know, football. So, you can find a spot a, for a guy on special teams coverage or something. You, you know? can start. You can start about forty guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, I'm a starter. I'm on the kickoff return team. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I just we have some friends in Toledo, and we went over to uh, uh, their son's game and. And we watch that game, and I'm I'm watching, you know, and the parents up there in the stands, and I'm thinking about how different that is from a high school basketball game because those parents at the football game, they have no idea that block coverages and all that kind of stuff. They're just, you know, they're just there watching their kid. Yeah. But, uh, Coach, you talked about small things, and I, I, I talked to some guys at a clinic up there at the Boar's Nest this past week, and we I talked about small things, and, and one of the things that we try to do in every practice is work on special situations. And ironically, down deep in the corner, we have a special out-of-bounds play that we call Purdue that we run from deep in the corner if you're on the, if the ball's out on the sideline. And the reason that I have that is because in the sectional my last year at Vincennes Lincoln, we lost in double overtime to Southridge. But we had come back in that game after trailing. They had the, the Montgomery kid that just signed the, 
contract with the White right. Sox. Uh, he was a freshman that year, and he tore us up in the first half. And we come back in the second half, and we finally get the lead early in the fourth quarter. And uh, we've got the lead, but that ball's out deep on the sideline, and we couldn't get the ball inbounds. And on that very next possession, um, Colson Montgomery hits the only three that he made in the second half and tied the game, and it ultimately went a double overtime. And there are nights where, you know, I still wake up two thirty in the morning thinking about that game. Do you ever have Do you ever have mm-hmm. moments like that where you you wake up in the middle of the night and think about something that happened to you at South or Mitchell or Tunnelton? Uh, many years ago. Oh yeah, I think you know. I can think back of almost all our games and think, you know, why we won or why we lost. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously, when John was a senior, we lost the final four game mm-hmm. when the Gardner boy hits a three pointer to buzzer and yeah. had to go the full length, and we let him. We lost containment, you know. And mm-hmm. So I get blamed. He didn't foul. Well, I had my two guys on him to just you know not let him get past us. Yeah. And didn't work, and so I always think, should I file? You know, mm-hmm. would I file now? Mm-hmm. Uh, a sub three with three seconds to go, and you know they won the state championship by twenty seven points. That probably cost, probably cost John Mister Basketball, and it probably cost him the Trust Award, and cost our team the state championship because we didn't file, even though I thought we had it covered without doing it. But mm-hmm. now, if I go back, I would have to do that over. Probably, I would, I would probably file. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and those are things that that I think. Sometimes the, the normal, everyday, casual fan of Indiana basketball that loves Indiana basketball, they don't understand that that coaches that, that there are things that just absolutely eat at us. And and uh, but you you have to move on and you coach the next group of team or next group that you got in front of you um, because you love the game. But coach, we've been on for quite some time here, and and I've enjoyed this conversation. But we kind of finish things up here uh, with with a little bit of a speed round, and I kind of pick your brain about some philosophy. So just shoot off the hip. First thing that comes to mind, um, this first one, you'd already talked, um, about scouting, but, uh, your preference you said is, um, uh, scouting in person over, over scouting in film. But why is that? Oh, I just like to get in there and get some popcorn or diet Coke and <laughs> sit there. And I can see more, you know, on the sidelines, what the coach is saying more than what's on the film. You know, I can see a little bit, uh, what, you can see the actual game part on the film, but I just sort of like to get the feel, the atmosphere, how his, how the kids are reacting to the coach, and yeah. you know, uh, seeing just a little, just like you say, the little things that I can't pick up on tape. Okay, coach, who was your, you know, you talked about all the the coaches that were your mentors and different things, but as far as like college coaches, NBA coaches that you drew some things from and um, picked their brains, who's your favorite coach of all time? Um, that you've got stuff from? Well, I really had an uh, admiration for my high school coach, Russ Blackburn, mm-hmm. and uh, and all that. When I got into college and stuff like that, I was I was with uh, Fred Fleetwood and Mel Garland at Indiana State when I was coaching over there one year mm-hmm. and picked up some stuff from that. Uh, now, I, I, I surprise people. I'm not a big basketball watcher mm-hmm. on TV. or I don't watch the NBA or mm-hmm. – if college teams playing, I don't have any interest in, you know, I don't watch that. I mean, mm-hmm. if I use playing, I'll watch or something. Or when John was North Carolina, I'll play, I'd watch it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I, I'll sit there and I'll find a play from somebody or I'll see something they'll do. And then, well, you know, uh, you know, um, Heath Howington. Yes. He would, he would come in every day with plays he'd seen on TV or on a podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's one of these guys that has a million plays and him and Kyle Simpson will bring him plays. Look at this coach, look at this. And, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I, I watched, I've always admired Knight 
not from his attitude, but from his from his ability to do what he thought was best, no matter what anybody else said. Mm-hmm. This is what I think is the right way to do it, and this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like I tell our kids, this is not a democracy. <laughs> you know, you, you you don't have to play. Yeah, everybody doesn't get to shoot as much. You earn the right to do whatever your position is—a rebounder, a shooter, or a defensive player. But I said you have to adjust to a team type. So any coach that has team oriented, you know, I've even lost a little bit of time with Duke and them because all these big time colleges now are, are all just high ball screens and drive and create. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see a whole lot of plays or any. Uh, it's always one on one off of a high ball screen or something. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we don't have those type of players. Yeah, well, that, that was what and Dane you, five. You Dane was talking about that at uh, at the IBCA clinic here a couple of weeks ago. He was just talking about how uh, how simple the NBA game has gotten. You know, just basically put guys in spots and they can mm-hmm. do like one thing really well and put them in a spot to do that. And and that's what the game has kind of evolved to. Um, next question on here, Coach. You're going to take your wife out to eat Friday night in Bloomington. You got a lot of options there. You know, Brandon Brandon talked about how down in Sellersburg they don't have very many options, so it's a Mexican restaurant and uh, and uh, a, a barbecue place. But in Bloomington, where are you taking your wife out to eat? Where's your favorite place to go? Well, we go to the country club mostly. Mm-hmm. But if I had my choice, since I've taken my wife, I have to give her a little bit of a choice. But I would go to Yonko's Steakhouse. Okay. I love that place. Yep. Always a little expensive, it. but I still, I still enjoy that place a bunch. And we go there every once in a while, but she uh, – you know, she's not a big steak person on that thing. So we'll go to the country club uh, there usually. Sometimes we'll go to – we're just slumming it. We'll go to Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, if you're slumming it, go to Applebee's. I like it. Well, Coach, I think I know the answer to this last question, so I'm going to ask you a follow-up here. Your, your favorite sideline attire, what is that? Polo shirt, pullover, suit and tie? Well, I've I, I went I've gone from everything from the beginning wearing coats and ties. And you know, one year at Mitchell, I even wore the – Colored sport coat of the colors of the team we were playing. <laughs> I had a red, I had a red one and a blue one, and a you know different colors almost matched anybody. Yeah. I thought that was good luck for a while until we got started getting beat, so I quit doing that. Yeah. I, I usually go. I have a polo shirt with a pullover three quarter zip. Okay, you know whenever I was at Vincennes, Coach Brett was helping me there, and I, I was always teasing him, uh, you know, about some of the stuff that he wore when he was an assistant for Gunner in the late seventies. And, and he told me, he said, you don't have the cojones to wear that plaid green uh, sports coat jacket like Gunner wore. And I, my wife searched all over to try to find me one of those. I never could find one. I was going to have one of those. <laughs> well, um, I, the sport coat went away because I guess it used to get hot, and I just took it off anyway. So I said, what am I even wearing it for? I took it off, you know, as soon as the game started. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those things are so hot. I'm, I kind of I enjoyed last year with, with the COVID stuff. Everybody kind of dressed down a little bit. That was yeah, right. That was nice. Well, Coach, um, one last question here for you. You've you've coached in a lot of gyms, a lot of different places. Where where's your favorite place to take your team to play outside of Bloomington South? I'd like to stay at Bloomington South if I could. We're usually <laughs> have some success here. Yeah, you got, you um, some games I, there. I really I really enjoyed Hinkle. Uh huh. You know, Hinkle Fieldhouse is good. Um Seymour's got a nice gym. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy Seymour in the, in the regionals. Uh, Columbus North has an old type gym, still holds about six to seven, 7,000 people, but that is a basketball atmosphere. Uh, but I think with, I would have to pick probably Hinkle. Mm-hmm. You know, 
be nice if you're a banker's life because that means you're in a state championship. But yeah. and that was neat there too. Obviously, those are neat experiences. But Hinkle just to me, see, I'm an old guy, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm a Hoosier type of player. The movie yeah. Hoosiers. That's that's our school I went to, and I started coaching at, and 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 so some of these like Hinkle and places like that are more nostalgic for me. Absolutely. Now Hinkle is a a great venue, and he, I. I always like the the discussion that gets brought up from time to time about, well, you know, they're doing this construction at Banker's Life. It'd be neat if they'd move out to Hinkle and then just leave it over there. But uh, I wouldn't have any problem with that. But would be would be kind of interesting to see that move. Well, Coach. Well, uh, the problem is like every, like everything else in the world, it comes down to money. Amen to that. Amen they, to that. That's they can make more money at Banker's than they can at Hinkle or wherever it is. You know, that's what the world drives the world anymore. Well, and and to that point, you know, the big discussion is is making that super class now potentially in basketball, taking the top thirty two. Well, I might vote for that. <laughs> I was gonna. I, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, but we're kind of running out of time. But I, yeah. I, I loved the discussion on that. Was if you make that super class to take those top thirty two teams out of the equation the one big drawback is they can't figure out how to play five games in one day at banker's life with you know with the the staff that they have at the concessions and the ushers and all that stuff yeah. and so they'd have to play on friday night and so there's the the thought that they don't want to do that because they don't want to rent the facility two nights and like you said yeah. it, it, comes, it comes back to money comes back to money all the time so well, coach, well you, you know it's just like you it's like you at, how many kids do you have in your school well we got less than 300 kids Less than 300 playing south at 1,700. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We at 1,700 had to play Carmel with 5,000. Yeah. You know, or Warren Central or Lawrence North or mm-hmm. all these mega schools. You know, they're so big anymore. It's just, it's really, it's an unfair playing field mm-hmm. in basketball more than anything, maybe. Oh, I, or maybe not. I'll take that back. You know, just the, we just don't have the athletes that all these schools have. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, they but, cut better kids than we keep sometimes. Well, you're right, but. Coaches like you figure out ways to compete, you know, um, and and that's well, the thing I think it's made you so successful over the years. But uh, are you a shot clock fan? Before I let you go, uh, I'll tell you what, Coach, I'm not a shot clock fan. I think if you look yeah. at, uh, I think if you look at most possessions in high school basketball, most possessions are, uh, you know, they're they're over with within 35 seconds. So I don't know that, I don't know that uh, the flow of the game would be any better. Um, and I think what you would get, especially the first couple years, is you talked about the, the evolution of offense. Uh, you're going to end up with a lot of late shot clock situations that are not going to be pretty in high school basketball. And so I've just never been a high school or a, a fan of the shot clock in high school. And it goes back to what you talked about shortening the game. Um, if you don't have as much talent as the other team, that shot clock forces you uh, to have to pick up the tempo of the game and obviously yeah. have faster possession. So there's a lot of different reasons I'm not a fan. What about yourself? I would be in favor of one with 40 seconds, which mm-hmm. does, like you said, won't come into play hardly at all. Yeah. But I think the shot clock should be turned off with two minutes to go in the game. Okay. So that if I've worked my butt off to get a lead, I got a right to protect it mm-hmm. in the last two minutes. Yeah. You know, not have a shot clock in the last two minutes. You know, I'm going to have to go hit free throws or I'm going to have to handle the ball you know, something like that. But I think 35 or 40 seconds, I don't think would come into play one or two times, basically, yeah. unless you get a dead team, just in a dead slowdown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know how sometimes teams struggle there at the end of the quarters, uh, end of the half and those yeah. situations <laughs> to get a quality shot off. And, and so then I think you create a lot of, a lot of situations like that throughout the game, but coach, it's been great talking to you this morning. Um, 
you know, my class, or not my class, but the class that I help out with this project, the media class, I know they appreciate you being on, and uh, we'll get this out this week. But um, thanks for all you do. Thanks for all you've done for Indiana basketball. And, and um, you know, just thanks, thanks for being the ambassador for the game that you are. Uh, I appreciate you making time for us this morning. Well, I hope you appreciate taking it easy on us coming in December. How's that? <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> you talk I, about you said you. Now I lost seven of my top eight now, so it's going to be uh, on paper. Doesn't look very good, but we're going to try to get that paper out of the way and see if we can get competitive. Hey, I talked to uh, David Burkett at South Knox, and I told him I said Bloomington South's going to beat us by thirty-five points this year. And he said, no, I already talked to Jr. and he said that you got Hagen and there's no way that they can beat you and all that stuff. And I said, well, I said, I don't think there's any way we can beat South. And, and, and I, I'm sure that Coach Holmes trying to tell everybody there's no way he's going to beat Barry this year. So maybe neither one of us will score a point. <laughs> that might be a zero. That may, may need a shot clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Coach. Hey, I'll see you all in right, December. Bud. Thank you. We'll Have a good you. day. You too. Bye. You've been listening to the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast with me, Coach Josh Thompson. We really appreciate Coach Holmes joining us on this week's episode. Lots of fantastic content. Be sure to join us next week. Very, very special guest. So special we're not going to reveal it. Look for our social media outlets for some clues as to who next week's guest could be. Until then. Keep checking it from the cheap seats.